Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the One Hope Church Podcast. This is Mia Alexander, and I will be talking about the third chapter of 2 Timothy, verses 1-5. through Not only did I ask myself why Pat Delvis picked this book, this chapter, and these verses, But why have these been assigned to me to talk about? Reading them is like a reality check or a wake-up call. In these verses, Paul talks about what people and the world will be like in the last days. And it's scary because it feels like we are in it, like we are living in the last days right now. Just a bit of background about the book of 2 Timothy. It was written around 66 or 67 AD. And it is written by Paul while in prison after a year or two of freedom. And it was written to Timothy, who was the pastor of the church at Ephesus at the time, to give him final instructions and encouragement. Paul also warns Timothy of the opposition that he and other believers would face in the last days from self-centered people who use the church for their own gain and teach false doctrines. Paul tells Timothy to be prepared for those unfaithful people by remembering his example, understanding the real source of the opposition, and finding strength and power in the Word of God. So this will be our theme for today, the last days. So let's see how Paul describes what the last days will look like. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing, mocking at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good, love what is evil. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So I've made a list of, just to uh, break it down uh, a little more simple, and the list is extensive. You know, it's going to be difficult times. There'll be lovers of self, lovers of money. People will be boastful, proud, or arrogant, revilers, or scoffers uh, at God, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, malicious, gossips, without self-control. They'll be brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited. They'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They'll be holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. The Apostle Paul warns Timothy about the last days, and it's relevant to us today. It is important for us to be vigilant and steadfast in our faith, especially in the face of increasing wickedness and deception. Paul's use of the words last days reveals his sense of urgency. This era will continue until Christ's second coming. I believe we are living in the last days. And it's time we make the most of the time that God has given us. Ephesians 5.16 says, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Colossians 4.5 says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. In some parts of the world today, being a Christian is becoming increasingly difficult. 
The increase of wickedness and deception is creeping towards our doorsteps and making a way into our homes and in some cases banging on our doors. Paul's descriptive list of behavior in the last days describes our society, even unfortunately the behavior of many Christians. We are living in terrifying times and we must be aware of the signs of the times and we should be living a godly life. There are dangers of abandonment or renunciation of beliefs in Christ and the Word of God, and it can manifest in our lives in different ways. Let's check our life against Paul's list. Let's not give in to society's pressures. Let's not settle for comfort without commitment. Let's stand up against evil by living as God would have his people live. You ever think about why it's so tempting to love pleasure rather than God? Pleasure is something we can control. But God cannot be controlled. Most pleasures can be obtained easily. Love for God requires effort and sometimes sacrifice. Pleasure benefits us now, but the benefits of loving God are often in the future. Pleasure has a narcotic effect. It takes our minds off ourselves and our problems. Love for God reminds us of our needs and our responsibilities. See, pleasure cooperates with pride. And it makes us feel good when we look good in the eyes of others. To love God, we must lay aside our pride and our accomplishments. Have we chosen to love pleasure or to love God? How do we know? Well, you know, the act or appearance of being religious includes going to church, knowing Christian doctrine, using Christian cliches, and following a community's Christian traditions. Such practices can make a person look good. But if the inner attitudes of belief love and worship are lacking, the outer appearance is meaningless. Paul warns us not to be deceived by people who only appear to be Christians. It may be difficult to distinguish them from true Christians at first, but their daily behavior will give them away. The characteristics described in verses 2 through 4 are unmistakable. Here's the reality. As you can see based on these verses, people have always been like this. Can you think of a time that those types of people did not exist? Yes, we see them today, but they were around a hundred years ago as well. They were there in the time of Jesus. They were there in the times of the Jewish kings and the Jewish judges. They were there when Joseph was thrown into the pit and sold into slavery. They were there in the time of Noah and were all white from the face of the earth with the exception of Noah and his family and the animals God sent to him. Since they have always been around, why would God give us this passage? Is the whole world subject to these verses? I believe God gives us these verses to look at ourselves, the church. Throughout history, the church has been known as holy and separated from the world because the church did not look like the world, sound like the world, or act like the world. This used to be the reason why people were drawn to the church. The church used to be different from anything else in the world. You know, we have leaders in the church who are holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Some Christians um, more resemble the Pharisees of Jesus' time than they resemble Jesus. And if you remember, Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 says, Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. Lately, it appears that the apostasy 
this abandonment or renunciation of the beliefs of the church is coming from within the church. The rationalization of God's word to fit a church's new revised agenda. You can see this happening in America today in many pulpits. Unfortunately, it is all over YouTube and TikTok. So what do we as Christians do? How should we respond? If we as a church believe we are living in the end times, the last days, how should we conduct ourselves today? The directive given in the last line of verse 5 says, stay away from people like that. So how are Christians to reach out to the community or individuals who are like that? Are we to avoid those Christians and those churches who are wrecking the faith? Should we be reaching out to a lost person to share the gospel before it's too late? Should we as a church repent and confess and decide to become obedient to the word of God and always and not just those things we can do easily. You know whether we are in the end times or not Jesus has given us a playbook to live by. He expects that we will follow it regardless of how soon or how long his coming might be. The reason he did not give us a time and date of his coming is so that every day we might live as if it is the last day. If every Christian did these things, the church would look completely different. It would look more like the early church I talked about earlier in this podcast. In the world, but not of the world. We can't change the church in a day, but we can change ourselves and live like biblical Christians, even as we watch and wait for his return. But why did Pat pick these verses? Now, over the years, as I got to know Pat and listened to her teachings... I've learned how much she had a heart for spreading the good news of God's forgiveness and love. So despite any of the characteristics you or I lived by or still live by that go against the will of God, whether we are self-loving, proud, arrogant, love money, mock God, disobedient to our parents, or unforgiving, according to to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, Paul writes, Some of you were once like that. But you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This is hope. This is what Pat believes in. I am thankful for the Bible teaching church I am a part of. And I am thankful for the church family I have, who I know will lovingly hold my feet to the fire whenever I fall into any of the categories or lifestyles or characteristics Paul describes in the verses we talked about. I believe this book, this chapter, these verses were a sight to me as a reminder of who I am, who I need to be, how I will get there, and from where my strength comes to accomplish this. 2 Corinthians 3.12 says, Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. Let's pray. Thank you for your your promise and unfailing love, Father God. Thank you for your grace and mercies that are new every morning. Heavenly Father, we pray for your continued protection as we live and sometimes struggle through each day. We don't know what we will face when we rise each morning, but we know our hope is in you, O Lord. Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and bearing the weight which we would surely have been crushed by. Holy Spirit, bring us to conviction and give us the strength to withstand the evil of this world in these last days, that we will be presented before our Father in heaven, 
clean and spotless when our time comes. We pray this in the name of our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.